And welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, and with me is my co-host, Clay Williams. This is, hey, this is going to be a really funny episode. It's just going to be full of laughs and <laughs> chortles and giggling. It's it's like a pat- I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It's like Paddington 2 energy. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. It's just going to be yeah. charming. It's just going to be so charming and heartwarming. <laughs> and with us this week is uh, Kyle Amato of Hawkcast. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah. Um, do you want to tell folks at home a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I run the Hawkcast, which is a podcast about Ethan Hawk. Um, we just talk about all of his movies and books that he wrote and pretty much anything that he's dipped a toe in. Um, I started it a few years ago just because I wanted to have a project and also an excuse to talk to my friends about movies. Uh, and we're just about wrapping up. We recorded before sunrise the other day. Um, and then we'll just whenever he has a new thing, we'll reconvene. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to have like a full body of work there and to just um, figure out my next move. Uh, so have you I'll done be- everything? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be. We have like over 70 episodes at this point. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, and outside of that, uh, I write for Boston Hassle, do reviews for that, um, some interviews and stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Nice. And you said the trilogy for last? Yeah, we did, because it's good. Uh, and because Ethan Hawke, um, it's a few different reasons, because I like him. He's one of my favorite actors, because I, I think that he, no matter what he is in, he always brings something to it. Uh, mm. He's really smart and like actually like an intelligent person from every interview I've read and seen him in. Like he he's constantly tr- he, he's constantly trying to find an angle for whatever it is he's doing. It's like, how can what's interesting about this? Um, he's on the board of the New York Library, so he like supports oh, wow. books and shit. Yeah, no, he's he's just like a good person. Yeah. And it's um he kind of has like the ideal cre- creative career because he hasn't had to do a ton of stuff where it's like so clear that Ethan Hawke's just doing it for the paycheck. Like he doesn't do what Nick Cage or anyone does. Cause yeah. Cause he's not uh, dumb and spending his money on uh, whatever Nick Cage does, like dinosaur bones and stuff. Mm. I, he's someone who really cares about the craft of cinema. And I thought a way to, tri- to make a tribute to him is a podcast where I insult him for half the episodes. <laughs> so I love that tape episode where you're just like, this guy is the- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I really liked Tape as a movie. It's just like mm. his character is uh, yeah, questionable. Yeah, he's a crackhead in that. And it, it's um, different in twenty nineteen and twenty. Yeah, no, that yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, um, yeah. What that was that like our third episode, basically? It's was crazy. Just, yeah. Um, did you go in order of like no. release? No. So uh, we did his first movie first, just because we had to start somewhere. Um. But we jump around a lot because I I base the schedule more on our guests than, like, a need to get certain mm-hmm. movies done, mm-hmm. which is part of why we waited to do Before Sunset, because I just want to have those last. Um, but it was basically like, oh, my friend Roland is in town. He was talking about this one. We're going to do this when mm-hmm. he's here and kind of build around that. Because uh, mm-hmm. it, it's way more of, like, a hangout podcast than I expected it to be. 
which I really prefer. Um, but whatever my next project ends up being, I'm probably going to try to have a little bit more structure. Uh, but yeah, I'm always going to be happy to pick, cover whatever the hell he's doing next. Like he has a movie coming out where he's playing Tesla. It's at Sundance right now. Um, yeah, he's doing a mini series uh, based on the Good Lord Bird, uh, who was a guy who freed slaves. Um, and uh, the kid from uh, Boyhood is playing his son in it, which I'm very excited oh, about. Funny. Yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. that fun? Uh, so he has a few things coming up this year, and it'll be fun. I kind of want to do like it's kind of hard to ha- uh, build stuff out of it because Corey just started grad school, so availability will be shrinking. But I would like to have kind of a live episode in a way uh, where we just that'd be that'd be awesome. Well, yeah, I just think it would be fun to watch an Ethan Hawke movie and discuss it, even if it's one we've talked about before. Like, I, it would be a screening of one of the good ones. It would be like <laughs> Training Day or Gattaca or mm-hmm. probably not Dead Poets because that's too depressing. But one of his fun movies we would like put before on. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Uh, that is a perfect movie. I'm waiting for them. Movie. There's going to be an... Uh, Horribly overlooked. Yeah, there's. Yeah. I forget if it's um, Arrow or... Uh, kino lorber but there is a re-release coming on a blu-ray for that and i will be getting that oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. you guys could do commentaries too like just talk that over would be fun first reformed or something oh my god yeah <laughs> what would you talk about during that movie i mean there's a oh, lot man. to say that's Paul true. That's, pretty fucked know, up <laughs> yeah because uh cory and i went to school in upstate new york uh so mm. it really captures what it feels like to be up near albany mm. um like, I mean, one of the, my favorite parts in First Reformed is just when he's giving a tour to the family that's clearly they were visiting a college nearby. Um, that's just like the vibe. It, it yeah. rules. I love that part where he's giving the tour <laughs> and um, and those kids are there and it's like on a field trip. And one of the kids, he's like, all right, get in. And it's, it's like, so these slaves were in this bunker. Yeah. Hopeless, it's... tired. <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes on for a few minutes. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's it's unintentionally funny, but because he's like around a few kids, it's mm-hmm. it becomes just so awkward and tense. Well, that's the thing about why that I still lose perfect sleep over first reforms lack of yeah tension yeah. No, that, the, the, that's this thing about first reformed is not only is it is like one of the best movies just ever made, it's hysterical. Oh, yeah. It's so funny, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even in its darkest moments, like um. Is it my, my friend Todd talks about this all the time of just the scene where he eats a single piece of sushi and he's like, I indulged in like a bit of fish as an earthly pleasure. And I was like, bro, like, <laughs> it's like, so I, good. I like it's how so the weird movie that the subject and the entertainers in that movie, though. And he's great in it. He yeah. is. It's so he's weird. Excellent. I remember, I, remember like, I knew oh. nothing walking into the theater and <laughs> the moment he popped up, I was like holy shit is cedric the entertainer (laughs) yeah it rules you know i remember timely enough a few sundances ago it was there and i remember 824 tweeted out something this is our green mile and i knew that you wouldn't say something like that without having it have some heft and it's like oh well (laughs) this is their green mile then that must mean awards season Mm -hmm. play and we all know how that worked out yes at um, least it got screenplay nom like yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's just this year's the lighthouse cinematography, where it's like it's very true. 
let's just throw throw them a bone. They participated enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoy Hotcast a lot. Um, I just I hope you know that it's a great it's a great little thing. Thank you. I'm very happy to hear that. I actually had the idea before this to do Philip Seymour Hoffman cast because that's my favorite actor of all time. Yeah, that'd be fun. And unfortunately, we won't have many t- opportunities to talk about him on this podcast. But um, yeah. He, he just has I mean, a body do, of work. Yeah, is, if, you, if you do Mockingbird Part 2, or Mockingjay Part 2, <laughs> that's his last movie. Is that really his It's not Most Wanted Man? No, his last movie is uh, Mockingjay Part 2 because it came out in um, November 2015, but they had filmed all his stuff in like 2013 or whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, and since it was split into two parts, that I think that's Don't technically worry. the last one. Don't worry. Our master episode is going to be like eight hours. So. Oh, Do you yeah, guys I mean, want to hear a scoop? Do you guys yes. want to hear a scoop about Mockingjay Part 2 and Philip Seymour Hoffman's um, involvement? Because, so, I have someone, I'm friends with someone who is very close with Jim Gaffigan. And apparently, there are a lot of scenes that Philip Seymour Hoffman was not able to film for Mockingjay Part 2. Mm-hmm. So apparently... They came to Gaffigan interested in maybe recasting him as that character. Huh. It fell through and they probably did and they considered and they reconsidered not to do it, but that wow. apparently was very close. I think Gaffigan That's interesting. Was, was supposed to be in Fargo season three. Yes, he was. As well. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I it's Poor like guy. the only insider information I've ever had, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I have some, but I can't talk about it on the podcast. So off mic. Off mic. <laughs> um yeah, so yeah. did you I ever consider like... doing a different another act after this? Uh so I kind of do a Laura Dern one with my friend, but that's harder to do because our schedules do not line up as well as Corey and I just do. Because Corey and I live uh three blocks from each other. Um, so it's, it's pretty convenient, but my friend Elizabeth lives down in JP and her work schedule is a little different. We're trying to rededicate ourselves to that. Um, and it, it's pretty fun, but, uh, no, I do have an idea for my next podcast, but I have to solidify things before I can have it on the records, but I can, I can let you guys know when we're done. <laughs> if you do a hearty cast, you have to make me one of your co-hosts. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> do a Tom Hardy podcast. You just have to, it's like the law. Just, yeah. just let you know. I can accept that. <clears throat> yeah, lock means a lot to him. Uh, J- Jack, are you dying, bro? You good? Yeah, not good. <laughs> no, no. It's only one down the wrong pipe. <coughs> oh Another God. thing that's gone down the wrong pipe is this movie, 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, speaking of joking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, we're we're going to joke around how depressing and nightmarish <laughs> this film is. <coughs> I, I put this in my. Uh, we're gonna we're, let's, let, okay? let's let the man recover. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh god. Um. All right. <laughs> so I don't. This is I've 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 never been actively like concerned going into one of our podcasts. And it's not because I'm like I was I'm worried about um hmm, I'm not worried about how 
we're going to speak about it or I'm worried on how how to how to basically have a conversation out of this movie. I'm I was just mostly worried just because I'm like this is depressing and I don't know if I want to watch this. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like I I almost considered not watching it and just going in just trying to remember um what like the first time I saw it which was years ago. Mm-hmm. Years years yeah, um, when when did you both uh, yeah, first see so, it? Like, where? what was the context for that? Do you want to go first, Clay? Yeah, I saw it. I must have seen it <clears throat> either right before or right after it won Best Picture. Okay. Um, and I was, and I was, that was a younger time, and I think I watched it with my mom. And for some reason, I didn't, I forgot how traumatic it was. And I'm, and when I was watching it this time, I'm like, I watched this with my mother. I just was like kind of shocked like this happened and I and it wasn't as uncomfortable as I remembered it to be um, or it was more uncomfortable than I remembered it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I yeah, we just it was at home. We didn't it wasn't in theaters and we just watched it and more and like mortified and we were both like great movie and then moved on. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just been I don't know. I have a weird history of this movie. Sometimes I feel like it's. It's one of those movies where I'm kind of surprised it exists because mm-hmm. it's so it's like the pen ultimate or the real personification of an accurate way and uh, the best way to depict slavery. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird that it, it feels exists. like the only way. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it for sure. Um, I have I have <laughs> notes about that, but we can. Yeah. Um, go from there i yeah jack when did you see it do you get i told the story on our artist episode mm-hmm. but i saw one of those like best acting ever compilations on youtube mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of clickbaity and it, there's some like obvious choices like if you skip around you'll see like mm-hmm. Heath ledger's joker and like javier bardem in no country and mm-hmm. i saw michael fassbender in shame uh-huh. And that was one of the only ones that I had. Ne- I have like, what is this? Like, I knew Fastbender from *Inglorious Bastards*, but I was just like, what is this movie? Like, he's crying, and it's wet, and I was just so confused. So, um, I originally thought that movie was um, *Blue Valentine* for some reason. <laughs> so, huh. I picked up *Blue Valentine*, but thinking that it was that movie. But then, like a few, you know, whenever it was later. I realized it was shame. And with that, I knew that McQueen um, also made 12 years. And I also picked up 12 years just knowing that it was the same person because I had seen hunger that like a month before. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And I, I think I watched them both in a weekend because I saw shame and I was just, mm-hmm. I, I was just shaken. Like I enjoy that movie immensely. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a few times because I've just shown it to friends or it's like, you got to like, it's sort of like a test. Like, yeah, Jesus. Almost like, yeah, it's <laughs> like, a weird movie to show to friends. <clears throat> I gotta say. I mean, yeah, but it's, I just sort of see it. Like McQueen's like, all right, have that. Like he's not really, there's no judgment placed on Fastbender's character. We'll talk about it when we mm-hmm. get to it, but yeah. Yeah. Or it's, I don't know if I'll make you rewatch that, but you can I make me rewatch. That's fine. This. 
Yeah, really? I'm like, 12 years a slave. I'll, That's you know, nothing like, compared to shame. I'll watch shame on repeat. Um, oh, Lord. Um, yeah, so I saw those two in the same weekend. And just like both of them kind of solidifies McQueen as someone where I'm like, wow, this guy's a true master at his craft. Even if I can't compare someone who is less than, like, mm-hmm. someone's that that's below him, I just get the sense that he's doing something that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's because he's coming from a background as a painter. Where, like, I think that's key to understanding his work, where he's just like, all right, I've created something where it's like, I'm not trying to be, well, maybe in Widows, it kind of crunch, contradicts this, but it's like, he's not trying to be political. He's not mm-hmm. trying to be judgmental. It's He's just letting it be. He's just creating an environment as it stands in people that we don't like to talk about. Mm-hmm. So. Well, hunger is political. Hunger is, That's I mean, inherent. and Widows is political. It's an inherently yeah. political. So story, but I, I mean, know Widows has it's more scene. objective. Yeah, I think Widows that's has what the sequence mean. where um, yeah, the kid is killed by a cop in front of an Obama poster. Like, <laughs> they they're trying to make points there, but um, I don't it, get it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I totally know what you mean of as a painter, especially for twelve years. Like some of these shots, um, like when he's yeah. uh, left to hang like on his tippy toes, something like that, um. But yeah, I saw this movie in January 2014. Mm. Uh, I don't believe the nominations were out yet, but I knew what movies were most likely to get nominated. So there, that week I watched, um, I, I got some screeners through like a, a chain of command almost. Um, mm. And I had uh, Dallas Buyers Club, Captain Phillips, and 12 Years a Slave. Other things I had seen her in theaters and Inherent Vice in theaters, or was that 2014? Whatever. It's 2014. Okay, never mind. Um, but all of the 2013 Oscar movies I managed to watch uh, all around the same time, uh, and I watched 12 Years a Slave like on a Saturday morning because I was just like, I know what this movie is, and I need <laughs> the sun to be around. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's really. Yeah. I didn't do that. <laughs> Should have done that. Yeah, so I literally I was, like, sitting there just being like, oh, okay, yeah. All right. I had to order ice cream in the middle. Of the- <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, and then I, I repeated myself because when I was re-watching it for this, I watched it on Monday morning, which was also Martin Luther King Day, which I didn't think <laughs> about uh, the optics wow. on that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I... I got up and I was like, okay, if I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it right now at 8.15 in the morning. And then I yeah. did. And it's, yeah. That's a great, that's a great strategy. What's mm-hmm. your history with the Oscars? Uh, Since this is an Oscars miniseries. Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Can I just ask? Jack, you never answered when you watched 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I, what, in what context? When you first watched it. When did you first watch 12 Years a Slave? Oh, um, oh, I guess I didn't. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, do that, yeah. And then I'll talk about the Oscars. I think it oh, man. Maybe 2017? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess I could go so over to Letterboxd. after Moonlight won Best Picture? Hmm. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll yeah, no, I up. think it... No, I'm, I'm here. It's all right. All right. Yeah, yeah. I think After Moonlight would actually be... Yeah, March 2017. Wow, that's... Oh, damn. 
It's a long time, yeah. So that was the third? That was the third McQueen movie you saw? Yes. Yes, it was. But they were all in, like, a short period of time. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I just saw them years apart. I think they were months apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't think... Usually, I would think that, and I might know this for sure, but I feel like twelve years is a lot of first, a lot of people's first films when it comes to McQueen. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Now, now that I'm looking at it, <laughs> Hunger, Shame, and Twelve Years were all in one weekend. Oh, that's fun. yeah, that's uh, nuts. Oh. But yeah, that's one way to do it. Well, he he only has four, or at the time he had three movies, so it's just yeah. like why not bang them all out. Uh, Not knowing who he was as an artist. Um, I actually saw an installation from him at the ICA a couple years ago. Um, I don't remember the name. I think it was called Ashes. And it was a double projection that he had made. And it was just video of a man on a surfboard, like, waiting in the ocean. And on the other side was a video of another man making the surfer's uh, tombstone. Oh. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yep. So Steve McQueen's never not on, essentially. Um, but yeah, for the Oscars, for me, uh, I've been watching them my entire life. Mm. Uh, I, I think I've just always been a movie person. Even when, when I was younger, it trended more towards animated films, uh, obviously. But I, I know early on, like I wanted to watch more adult movies, but I was I was kind of scared as a kid, like going to the movie theater. I think the first the first PG thirteen movie I saw in theaters was um, technically Pirates of the Caribbean, which I don't think really counts. Um, and then like I think Spider-Man it does. I mean, there's some scary sequences in Pirates of the that, Caribbean. That's true. I actually I have such a strong memory of seeing Spider Man two. And seeing the trailer for Collateral and being so stressed out by it. Like, I thought Collateral seemed like the scariest movie. And I had never seen it until last year. And I was like, that's one of the, that's fucking rules. That movie's amazing. Um, I'm looking at my Collateral poster right now. Oh, there you go. I love that. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Um, so I think, I, I think the very first year where I really tried with the oscars was 2008 because that was the year that slumdog won and that was i was excited that it had won because it felt like one of the first times i watched something before it had won Mm. um and then from there uh 2009 was the year that they expanded uh and i watched all of those like precious up in the air uh and ever since then i I'm I'm not an Oscar completist because uh, a lot of bad movies get nominated, but I usually try to watch all the Best Picture winners. Yeah. Except I still haven't watched Vice, and I haven't watched Ford versus Ferrari. But good. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't feel like I. So wait, while, wait, wait, I wait, wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Vice, is. sure. Don't watch it. Ford versus Ferrari <laughs> actually rules, though. I'll watch don't, it. I just like didn't want to watch a. Car, I just didn't want to watch a car movie. Yeah, please um, don't. I I wasn't wait, feeling wait. a car movie. Um, no, that's Jack, cool. you like yeah. Ford v Ferrari. What is this? No, what I'm is just this annoying you. I'm annoying you. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I yeah, I love movies, so I've always yeah. liked the Oscars. Last year, I watched all the Best Picture winners that I hadn't seen, which was about fifty, um, which was a bad idea because there's a lot of bad movies. Mm. But I hope that helps put it in perspective. Oh. Like when I'm 
I think I saw that thread. Yeah, that's in. Yeah, that yeah. was an interesting project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I was I was happy to do it. I like uh, I like being a completist for things mm. uh, that look insane on the outside, um, <laughs> but it helped put a lot in perspective. And I found some great movies out of it, mm. uh, like All About Eve, things like that on the waterfront. Uh, so I really I find Oscar history very interesting. But I, they're not the be-all, end-all of film that, in a way that I think people talk about them like that, <clears> which I, I don't really like. Because I think the Oscars count when they're given to the people that deserve it, which yeah. sounds like a very basic take, but uh, it means so much more that a film like Moonlight or a film like um, Spotlight or something won Best Picture compared to something like... Uh, trying to think about, I mean, like Crash, obviously. That's the easy go-to. But there are other movies sure. that just like they win and it's like okay but what did that add like what did that what how do we benefit from that win there are movies that win and things just continue as as normal and then there are movies that win and it allows better things to happen in the film mm-hmm. like i think always... we're yeah we're gonna see so much from having something like moonlight win yeah mm-hmm. and i think i'm one to believe that if you're nominated it sometimes means more than if you win mm-hmm. because that's what people that aren't focused on film 24 seven, they tend to look at. Yeah. So like, for example, Wilm Dafoe be nominated for the Florida project. Mm-hmm. I think that brings attention to that movie. Even if he doesn't win, mm-hmm. it still draws. Yeah. It still mm-hmm. draws eyes. I think yeah. it's a, yeah, it's a great point. I just think anything Anything the Oscar touches, it can illuminate it, and it's better when it's things that that will benefit from it, mm. like the Florida Project or this year. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, what are the acting nods this year that I was Pain really excited about? Yeah. Pain well, yeah, exactly. Pain and Glory is probably the best example out of the acting nods. Um, I'm just happy a Little Women's doing well. Yeah. Things like Parasite. That. Mm-hmm. Parasite, obviously. It's I mean, funny the that acting you bring up... this year. This year were pretty boring. Yeah, exactly. And the acting wins are going to be boring. They're, they're, we, yeah, we already know what's going to win. It's not even. Yeah, might as well hand them the, mm-hmm. the hardware right now. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Twelve Years a Slave winning, I mm-hmm. think, is a great win. I think so, it's a, a great movie. Do you remember this narrative? Do you remember this year well? Like, do you remember if it was the front runner all year, or if it had what was the two horse race it was up against? I'm going to pull up the list, so I don't. So I can out of turn. I have it up if you. If oh, you I'm just to gonna pull it up just so I can look at it. Too. <laughs> okay. Um, so I remember very distinctly. I thought it was gonna be Gravity. Mm, yeah, I was gonna say, oh, isn't yeah. it? Wasn't it Gravity v Twelve Years a Slave? Wasn't that yeah, the two horse race? Yeah. Basically, it, in my head, Gravity was gonna win. And mm. when Quaron won director, I was like, oh, okay, so this is gonna happen. Even though this this show started, um, Ellen hosted. Mm. And one of her first jokes was, it's like, tonight, either 12 Years a Slave will win Best Picture, or you're all racist. And I was like, oh, it better <laughs> fucking win, then. Um, and fortunately, it did. Oh, boy. Oh, what I think is- we should also end- mention, before I forget, mm-hmm. that this was the uh, famous selfie that went viral, and it's like the most liked tweet of all time still. Oh, yeah, the selfie? Yeah, with like Brad and Lapita mm-hmm. and... Like, Lupita's like, brother, brother is like the Lupita's biggest bro- right yeah yeah that was a weird time that was a weird yeah. time right yes yeah Brad Internet. Cooper's in that picture weird 
Very what weird. Would be the, I wonder what the equivalent of 2019 selfie at the Oscars would be. Um, uh, oh, yeah, and this is also the year that Frozen came out and everyone went insane. So, <laughs> Remember when we got a sequel to that? Yeah, so, oh, my God. Um, Frozen 2 is crazy. Mm. And I definitely like it, but it's an insane movie. Because oh, yeah. it is about, it's almost about, like, the history of Arendelle and Elsa and Anna doing reparations sure what kind of yeah um it's fine it's a spoiler alert for frozen 2 elsa and anna well elsa hears a voice and she's called to the the magical forest which has been sealed off since um there was a disagreement between the native tribe and her grandfather um and as they get to the forest which elsa is able to open because she is magic they learn that their mother is actually from this north Uldra tribe so they're part uh north Uldra. um and when so elsa goes to basically a magical cave co- called atahalan where she is able to witness the history of the world made out of snow um and like visit memories of the past so she learns that her grandfather actually wanted to genocide the north Uldrans and the magical spirits protected them and Mm. uh her grandfather died and kicked everyone else out of the forest and uh he built a dam to basically choke this forest and so everyone would die and so elsa yeah so elsa has journeyed too far into atahalan so she freezes to death but not before she can send one message to anna of snow and it gets to anna and olaf who are in a cave after elsa like got rid of them because elsa's like i have to do this by myself because she's stupid um and Anna sees this snow recreation of her grandfather murdering the North Aldrin tribe leader um, and understands, like, she sees, okay, so our grandfather built this dam. The only thing that's going to save everyone is if we destroy this dam, which will destroy Arendelle. Then Olaf dies because Elsa's dead. So Anna has this insane song about, like, being in the pits of despair and just trying to put one foot in front of the other so she does not die alone in a cave. From there, Anna tricks the stone giants into destroying the dam, because Anna's an eco-terrorist now. And so the dam breaks. Uh, it brings Elsa back to life because they accomplished what the spirits wanted. Elsa gets on a magic water horse and blocks the water from destroying uh, Arendelle and saves the kingdom. It's insane. Holy and they bring me. Olaf back. Olaf's back. Wow. Uh, 12 years slack, baby. Yeah. They also find the boat where their parents died. Um, And when they enter the boat, they find basically like the black box of the ship and it turned out their parents were going to the north to try to find Atahalan. Elsa's like, no, I need to know more. She uses her water magic to build a sense memory and they see frozen versions of their parents drowning to death. It's insane. But yeah, Frozen won best original song in 2013 <laughs> and animated feature right yeah. yeah um into the unknown is not going to win this year it's going to be the rocket man song mm. since beyonce also, is not there right? yeah i mean this also that that song is bad the beyonce one <sighs> let's pour one out for jesse Buckley. oh god i know and, and mary steenberg yeah yeah yeah. Mary, yeah 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 jesus 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's all sorts of fucked up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's all to say <laughs> mm-hmm. that we do. I think I can I can speak for Clay and I that we do enjoy the Oscars. Yeah, when there are so many cases of like, what the hell were they thinking? Like, there are so many. I mean, to me, there's so many other cases where they did get it right. Like, I made this entire letter letterbox list right after Green Book one, mm-hmm. where it's just like I just need to remind myself that the right things can be awarded in the right years. And I came away with like 70 uh, like movies that were just, that were given appreciation for their work. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it goes, it, for me, it always goes both ways, both the mm-hmm. nominations and in the actual award show itself, where mm-hmm. it's like, we will have bad, but there will also be good. Yeah, so, that's, that's always yeah. the way I, it is. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've relayed this on podcasts a million times, but just, one of the earliest things I learned in my like self film education as a kid was how to take what I wanted from a movie and just be able to like value that over the bullshit from just watching return of the Jedi where I just, I didn't care for the Ewok stuff, but everything with Luke and Vader really, really landed for me. And I was like, that is, it's a half of a perfect movie. (laughs) Like, um, (laughs) And I, even just looking at this list, I think um, 12 Years a Slave, obviously, great win. Quaron for Gravity, that's that's nice. Um, and then he won for Roma. I don't know. Gravity, what do you guys think about Gravity? Like Gravity's it. dope. Yeah. yeah. I saw that in the, um, on the big screen. Actually, I was in Spain the semester before. So I, I saw it in Madrid, and we were all just, like, losing our shit. Someone um, asked me what would be a great triple feature, and mm-hmm. it took me a while, and I'm like, something that come to mind were like recent space movies where first man ad astra and gravity yeah i still haven't actually seen first man first like one great. of my yeah it's one of my weird blind spots um, i would go ad astra high life first man yeah yeah Ugh, God, fucking high life unforgettable it's, it's honestly i think high life is more i would i don't know well i guess that's well, actually, that makes sense because all they're all about fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know. That's I completely forgot that Sally Hawkins was nominated for Blue Jasmine. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's I... so weird that Gravity won the most. Like one, I mean, maybe not weird, but it won seven. Mm. Yeah, it got all the technicals, right? I'm it's... sure it seems like it would sweep. Yeah. Gravity, gravity, gravity. Sweep. Oh, the Great Gatsby got production design, which okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> gravity, gravity. So then, um, that means. Okay, so uh, Twelve Years got three because it got Best Picture, Supporting Actress, and Twelve Years a Slave, uh, for uh, adapted screenplay. Lupita. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Lupita is. Um, oh man, we gotta yeah. talk about Lupita soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, we should just talk about Lupita because I do have something to say about the arc yeah. of her career. Um, um, yeah, you can go. Yeah, so Lupita's obviously amazing in this. Fresh out of, what was it, Yale, where mm-hmm. she where she studied. Um, I remember immediately being like, oh, this is amazing. This is such a good win because now I will see her in everything. Uh, and then I didn't. Mm. And uh, she's in some random stuff. I still haven't seen Queen of Katwe, but I know it's supposed to be good. Yeah. Um, it's like this Disney thing, right? Yeah, but, but yeah. it's frustrating because uh, I remember they announced the cast for Force Awakens and everyone's like, hmm, 
this is mostly men. And then they announced like, a few days later, they said, oh, so also Lupita Nyong'o and Gwendolyn Christie. And I was like, well, that's amazing. And then those are both characters where you don't see their faces. Mm. Um, and Lupita did a voice in like the Jungle Book. And I feel like the next time I saw her on screen was for uh, Black Panther. Mm. Uh, and so she's she's she is good in that. She doesn't get a, a ton to do, but um, I'd say that she didn't really get her next big important role until us last year. I, I mean, and it's it's still yeah. like we're coming off the nominations recently, mm-hmm. and it's still kind of a shock how how yeah, sidelined that performance was. She she's been nominated for every like um critic award and everything. She was she was my pick. And then she didn't get the Oscar nom. Yeah, she was Very nominated impressive. for SAG too. Yeah. Which was no, she's amazing. In it. She's uh, in- incredible. I rewatched it um, a couple months ago because my friend hadn't seen it. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is such a great role, uh, even though it's incredibly sad and it does not work out for her. Like she doesn't. This movie isn't about her getting free. Mm. Yeah. No. Um, no. And I, it really struck me rewatching i was like oh yeah lupita doesn't come in until like little under the hour mark yeah and she still makes that much of an impression she gets such a big scene of like day in day out and for that i will be clean um she's great and for she me also i looks don't think so she... young <clears throat> yeah she doesn't have like an oscar scene mm-hmm. i think her entire screen time is just like so cat she just has one of those energies you just want to see her do anything mm-hmm. uh, i think that um for the clip at the oscars they use the part where she screams about like every day like i pick 500 day in day out like she just she wants yeah. to use the soap then she yeah it's the soap I, i'm pretty sure yeah yeah I'm, I'm almost positive um but yeah how do you guys usually i haven't been able to listen to the best picture ones yet i listened to your mad max episode um how do you break down the the bps like are you are you going by actor or like we no we basically we basically just talk we take basically talk about the uh, film in the context of oscars and then talk about the film itself um mm-hmm. nothing too strict but yeah it's um i i just actually i want you to talk about oscar clips real quick i wanted to kind of mm-hmm. touch on this because i was up you know i stayed up pretty late last night just because i couldn't sleep um and but during that time i spent like I don't know. It was like a long time, like 30, 40 minutes trying to find any access to Oscar clips, basically, because if you look on the Oscars YouTube page, they're basically uh, of like uh, the award. They'll not mm-hmm. it's the nominations. They'll show the face and then they'll give the, the award. They for some reason cut out all of the Oscar clips. So to speak, it's copyright issues. Yeah, that's what I that's what I figured. Mm-hmm. And also, so I spent like because I was thinking. Michael Fassbender was nominated. What mm. clip did they use for him? Because almost I... everything he says in this film, I, I, I eventually found it, but it took me a while. Uh-huh. Um, but I was gonna, I was thinking the reason why I was like, curious is because like almost every time he's in the film, he is saying some of the most racist shit possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, where did they? What clip do they pick out uh, where he's either not saying the n word or whipping somebody? Did they pick when he's like kind of chasing him? No, that's what I thought, but what they so I had to look on YouTube for like the full Oscars presentation to actually find it, okay. and it's and it's when um he asks Solomon to whip Patsy, 
and basically and when Solomon's not necessarily doing not going um as hard as he wants him to he pulls out the gun puts it to his face and says you know and, and basically does the scream of like you know mm-hmm. whip her whip her and of course he drops an n-bomb in there and they had to bleep that out and mm-hmm. i'm like okay i guess but Why? it's it was yeah <laughs> it was the most showy it was the probably the showiest of his performances i mean not mm-hmm. showy sorry it was his most um oscary of his performance that clip mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But it took me so long. And also, I couldn't find any forums where people talk about which scene gets picked. Mm-hmm. I was, and I think that's kind of a tragedy because I love the Oscar clip. I love the acting noms where they just pick one scene and they put it to represent the entire performance. Mm-hmm. And I basically had to like look tirelessly to find it. And I was mm-hmm. kind of, and I'm like, that sucks. I feel like we all should just know. Like there should be a list <laughs> or something. Did you see Chidia Tells? Um, no, I did not. No, I, I guess I was just really, because I just was like, what scene do they choose for Fassbender? He's just, <clears throat> it's, there's, he just says some of the worst things imaginable. I just don't know what they put on ABC. <laughs> yeah, I am almost positive that Ezra Ford's scene is like him talking to his family at the end. I think they were like, we got to get around... That's the most emotional scene, too. Yeah, so. I, I'm almost positive. I, I, I can't be sure because it's been seven years, but I'm almost positive that's what it, what it was, which obviously he's great. Right. I, yeah, he's amazing in this, obviously. Oh my God. I saw him most recently in, let me double check, I'm almost positive that he was one of the guys in, uh, da, da, da. yeah, he was in Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. <laughs> oh, he was Scar in the new one. That's stupid. <clears throat> It's interesting how both he and uh, Lupita got roped into Dis- the Disney machine. Yeah. Because, I mean, they've both been in, like, the like Lupita's been in the Star Wars trilogy and and Jungle mm-hmm. Book, and he's been in Lion King and Maleficent sequel. And like, she's, in, uh, she's an MCU character. Oh, and true. And Chibatel yeah. is in Doctor Strange. Oh, my. Yeah. So yeah. maybe They're it's just the amount of war. actors yeah. that they can gather together. But it's well, like, it's interesting... Yeah, looking at the cast list of Twelve Years a Slave, it's it's mm-hmm. enormous. Like everyone is someone. Bill Even Camp. Like, yeah, Bill Camp Bill is Camp. great. Even Garrett Delahunt shows up. Scoot, Scoot's at the yeah. beginning. My Scoot. <laughs> Taron Killam. Um, Taron Killam's so weird. He's Paul in Giamatti's in it for three minutes. Yeah. Like, our second Scoot McNary Michael best Kenneth picture Williams. winner. Mm-hmm. We were talking about our second be- uh, Scoot McNary oh, best picture winner. Oh, because he's in Argo. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's right. Uh, I love him. I we're gonna wish have him be in more things that I want to watch. <laughs> we're gonna have a Michael Keaton double feature coming up with Spotlight Birdman. That's very true. Yeah. Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's character actor galore. Paul Dano. Yeah. I want to say again, Paul Bill Camp. Bill Camp. Bill yeah, Bill. Bill's great. Bill was so good in Dark Waters. Like he's always. Every time he shows up. Yes. Like I when I saw um, Joker, I was like, oh my god, it's Bill Camp and Shea yes. Wiggum. Like, yes. Yes, that I was the best it. part. That was she when I was, like, jolted awake during that movie. <laughs> Alfre Woodard. Mm-hmm. Alfre frickin' Woodard. I, Alf- I forgot that she was in it. Her scene is great. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. She's so good. Mr. Shaw. What happened to Clemency? I just think um, it's Neon, uh, and all of Neon's money went to Parasite. Parasite, yeah. And that was the safer bet for them, which I understand. Um, But, I mean... What's I that heard movie she's about? great in it. It's about like the 
death. Um, it's death row. She's a death, death row, row person yeah. who who uh, like a agitator or whatever. Oh, so yeah. um, it might be a little too close to Just Mercy ish. Well, Just Mercy also like they didn't do shit for it. Just Mercy is pretty good. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know what what it, happened to it, Clemency. She's also not the biggest yeah. name, so I think that's probably it. I mean, yeah, I I love her, but also, yeah. Was um, Chidi Tell also a no name? No, he was in like Firefly before this. Like he 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 oh my was. God. Yeah, he was the bad guy in Serenity, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was in like 2012. In he was in Salt. Oh, he's he's in Children of Men, but I know oh that's my God, a small that's role. Right. Yeah, it's a he's an American story. gangster. He plays uh, Denzel's brother. That's he's fun. great. Yeah. I've um, never seen that. Um, I mean, he's had a pretty good run. He's in The Martian. Uh, mm. he, he's really a stage guy, mostly. He does, he does, he's a Shakespeare boy. Mm. It's horrible that ever since 12 Years a Slave, he has had not, he has not had one leading role. Mm. Not I real. know that. That's not what you want. He's going to because, um, he and Angelina Jolie are like best friends now. And she's producing a film where they play a uh, husband and wife. Um, I don't know much beyond that, but. Oh, interesting. I don't know where uh, Jolie and Ejiofor hooked up or linked up. Um, <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that happened. Uh, they linked oh, up somewhere because he's in he's in Maleficent, and you know that she's like in control of a lot salt. of that movie. They got they got together in Salt. That that no, had to he was in it. Salt. Yes. <gasps> he was in Salt. That's where it must be where they met. Mm. Interesting. It was where he fell be. in love. God. <laughs> He's also going to be in the new Fuqua movie with Mark Wahlberg. Mm. Oh, okay, and, sure, whatever. <laughs> and he's going to be in the old. The I love old that Fuqua guard. keeps. Do you guys know about the old? Oh, yeah, that, I, I don't understand what that is. It sounds like it's gargoyles. It sounds no. It, it's um. Andy Andy leads a small group of soldiers working as mercenaries through the ages. Basically, it's about like immortal mercenaries and a group of basically like I don't let me see if I can find it. Yeah. Uh, Andy and her comrades ply their trade for those who can find and afford <laughs> services. But in the 21st century, immortality is a hard secret to keep. And when you live long enough, you learn that there are many fates worse than death. Mm. Um, and the cast the is fuck? crazy. It stars Kiki Lane and Charlize Theron. And it's about basically these immortal group of badasses. Okay, sure. Is this a Netflix? Yeah, yeah. it's Netflix. I feel like they, oh. Yeah, I remember seeing that in that thread they had. Yeah. Based off a comic um, book. Okay, that sounds like something I'll watch. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, goddamn. I'm just thinking more about Ezra Forrest's performance. I liked watching it a second time because I knew when the crushing, brutal violence happens, like when yeah, he is totally. uh, beaten uh, horribly with his own uh, violin. Yeah. Or I, I forgot that. Um, well, it's like you said earlier, McQueen is just showing us everything. Like we see ba- we see like skin come off of Lupita yeah. when she gets whipped. Um, He's kind of the perfect person to tell this story. Like, I wouldn't want anyone, I mean, despite this not having the rewatchability <clears throat> that may, my, that other Best Picture winners or any movie may not have, mm-hmm. I think this is, like, one of the best 
best picture winners i think ever it is it definitely um just because it's impeccably made i read some criticisms of when it came out that i just that i forgot that were Mm -hmm. that was had that it's like it's good it's great filmmaking but it's a good story and Mm -hmm. if there's anything that applies to that in 2020 is 1917 yeah so i think the argument is to be had where it's like how much do we value value our great stories Mm -hmm. as opposed to the great storytelling um (laughs) yeah i don't know it's something to think about i think that's a good point i've always i've always ranked it as one of the better best picture winners because it is very worthy but i think it's it's important to note um there's kind of a perception that the academy has of like what stories are worthy and we have this which is a slave narrative and then also um Cynthia Erivo got nominated for playing literally Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's important just to, to note that. Like, while, yes, this is a, fan, a phenomenal movie, it still fits within what the Academy is willing That's to true. award for Black stories. And Let's I'm trying to think, think about why um, yeah. Monique was nominated for Precious. Exactly. Yeah. Um, or Precious being nominated at all. Uh, Lee Daniels is... A and, I mean, person. It, the thing, and the thing, the, the most troubling thing with Lupita not getting nominated for us, people mm-hmm. say, oh, it's because it's a horror film. But mm-hmm. what's also troubling is she plays a middle class mom with a completely functional family. Mm-hmm. And any, and there's basically no African American besides maybe Cindy Portier in, um, in, uh, oh, fuck, the movie of Gene Hackman. Great movie. Um, uh, he plays a police detective, Mr. Tibbs. Oh, the French connect. Oh, yeah, in the heat of the night. Heat in the heat of the night. That might be the only like perform. That might be the only performance where an uh a, someone um an African American won uh an mm-hmm. Oscar or at least got nominated for playing a completely stable middle class. Yeah, just a um, person. Well, exactly. The other the other issue with that is that is a movie about him having to exactly prove his humanity to white people. I'd say I, I almost said I mean Denzel won for Training Day. Oh, he plays a crooked cop. like an evil cop who tries to have Ethan Hawke killed in a bathtub. Like, um, so there, really there's troubling. issues. Yeah, there's issues everywhere. I've never seen um, the one that Halle Berry won for, but I understand it's oh, about uh, a death row convict. Money. Um, where she has a relationship ball. with a race with monsters. A pretty ball. racist Monster, guy. Yeah. yeah. Billy Bob um, Thornton plays this horrible racist. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it either, but yeah. I'm pretty sure. And then Lupita won for this. Monique won for Precious, based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, obviously, Octavia Adam won McDaniels. for The Help. Yeah. Obviously. Oh, yeah, The Help. Yeah, any Which, of Octavia Spencer's nominations. Yeah, are... it, it's frustrating, because I like Octavia Spencer. Well, Octavia Spencer got nominated for um, The Shape of Water, which I don't think she should have been. But... Uh, We'll get to it. Yeah. That, yes, you you sure will. Um, I also think that this should be taken into consideration McQueen's career after mm-hmm. this, because I think we all like Widows here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, See, that's another performance where and, yeah, Viola and, Davis and plays a very, middle class, yeah, that's what I was you know, affluent. No, con- she's pretty upper class. I guess yeah. upper yeah. class. That's I was very point. confused a few years, not last year. Wow. Um mm-hmm. I was very confused in 2018. Like, guys, he just directed a Best Picture winner. 
Like what? Yeah. What's going on? Why is this being lost to well, Human Rhapsody? And maybe it didn't make so much money, mm-hmm. right? I think I, didn't, I don't think it made that much. I think it's the type no, of movie it is. It didn't do because great. It's because people. I think the crit or the maybe it was read on it people had was it's too like people think it's too dumb for smart people, but people uh, but people also think that it's too smart for dumb people. That was the big read that people had mm-hmm. on the film was the reason. And even though that's not true, because it's mm-hmm. not it's not too dumb, but it's it's trying to play like it has this political commentary while also being maybe a, more of a straightforward heist film while also having these interesting relationship dynamics. Mm-hmm. Also, but it's so it's it's playing with a it's lot. Quite an, it's quite an ambitious screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. And I love and I love it for that. I do too, but it's not, so it's just not the movie exists. or the Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, there's nothing like it, which is another thing. Like it's like, it's different, but heat wasn't nominated for best picture. I don't think now, I heat? would be surprised. It was nominated yeah, for zero Oscars. Goose yeah, exactly. He, he didn't get Goose shit. Egg. And like, I just think those kind of heat's a perfect movie. <laughs> exactly. And that didn't get any nominations. Of course, different, totally different movies, but I sure. still think it's that kind of, it's that genre it was put into. And also it was so long after 12 years that people, I feel like just kind of like, Oh yeah. Steve McQueen. Like he still exists. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, this movie is just fantastic. I think, Mm -hmm. um, I would say that this should be shown in like high school, but (laughs) even then I, I steered to the way of caution because Mm -hmm. it's, just in in the way it's relentless it's relentless um you know what i'll still say it yeah i think it should be shown in school (laughs) just i I agree with that and i i think it is yeah it's such a good conversation um film of just if you're talking to like a group of like affluent affluent high school kids it's like what do you think about the way the white people act in this like uh re-watching i was kind of struck how they make plantations feel like another planet or McQueen does. I I like it. Like what you said, um, he's portraying it very accurately, but it can, it feels very alien just like the way that these people are insane. And I think the movie does a good job of showing how normal it is for them to own other people. (laughs) Just like, like really how normal it was uh, and make you feel like disgusting that it ever happened it's truly devastating this is based on a true story Mm -hmm. it's truly just yeah he lived in saratoga springs which is where i went to school Ooh, yeah Mm -hmm. i i and i want to say this carefully this movie shouldn't be surprising and i know that sounds weird but we should have understood i mean it's a lot of what could have should have would have but we should have understood the actual weight and depravity and um, inhumane, disgusting mm-hmm. acts that were being taken before this movie, but a lot of people just didn't realize. And of course, if film is a di- very different medium. It's much more visceral. You get much more of a perspective from film. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting um, that it took so long for this kind of movie because. So a friend of mine, um, Breck. So ha- so wait, ha- this kind of ties into Harriet. Harriet has, and I had no idea about this, but um, a black friend of mine told me about this that I kind of was shocked by was apparently there's this huge boycott of Harriet and there's this huge like 
there's a whole bunch of controversy. And I just didn't know because not many people were talking about the movie, at least in mm-hmm. my in my um, group. I think and in all of our groups. Basically. Right? Like there was it didn't make much noise. I was I don't really know very... who saw Harriet. I did see Eve's I don't know Bayou anyone that saw Harriet. Though. And Eve's Bayou is amazing. Mm. And that's a black film that's not about slavery that was ignored. So Yeah. It's and the thing about Harriet, the reason why I got such controversy is well, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the story where like one of the villains is a black bounty hunter, mm-hmm. um, which is problematic. Eesh. It's PG, it's PG 13 and sanitized. There was a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, production issues and the company was, had this controversy with treating this black, uh, creator quite poorly and kind of fucking him over. And it's just, it's these types of movies that, show a sanitized and clean version of one of the most horrific things to ever happen in American history. And my friend is like, this is what we're fighting against because this is not portraying our story correctly. Yeah. And this is, this is the depiction that undermines everything that we've been trying to teach. We've been trying everyone to learn and teach yeah. the world. And I just, I was shocked because I'm like, I have just not heard about this movie and that's kind of telling I mean, one, it's maybe telling about like the people I listen to, but it's also telling of the industry as a whole, not focusing on the sto- of these like issues that we just don't care about. Mm-hmm. I mean, and in I've, a few episodes from now, we're going to be talking about Green, Green Book, Book. Yep. and I think it's just going to be like the total contrast of like, yeah, I don't understand about two movies that in the same decade were about race and about. It's literally two years factual. after Moonlight. I, I yes, it, wow, I skipped over Moonlight, and yeah. it's just, yeah, um, mm-hmm. just baffling. It's I think it's a clear sign of the old guard and the new guard at cross with each other. Yeah, like, like this is clearly the old academy and the new academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't it'll know, be I don't know what they what the, what are they interested in? I mean, we mm-hmm. know. The kinds of stories that they favor. I mean, just look at the nominations this year. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's like it's really just baffling. Yeah. Yeah. It's the if they continue uh, acting like this and acting like one uh, black nomination is okay, uh, they're just going to prove themselves irrelevant, and then we're all going to stop paying attention to the Oscars. And just like for a slave movie. Mm-hmm. someone pointed this out that almost no black actor has been nominated for not either playing a criminal, a poor person or a slave. It's I guess um, I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen um, what was the Denzel got nominated in 2017 for that Roman J Israel film, mm-hmm. which I've not seen, but I think he's a lawyer in it. Yeah, no, that's right. I and that's and one, I, he's also a criminal, but it's okay. Yeah, no shit. Um, well, fences, <laughs> Fences, he was nominated. He's a bad person in that. Viola won for that. Um, and she just plays, she's wife in that. Um, Poor broken family. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a little different because she's not. I, I think it's, I think it's a little different too, but it is mm. more of the, they're in, they're in the bad part of town. They have to deal with financial struggles. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a I mean, lot of is, movies. It's an August Wilson play. So like. Yeah. It, it, it's. And I'm not saying that that means all of the nominees beforehand uh, nominating black actors is irrelevant because of mm-hmm. the I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I mean, most of them deserve it. But the idea of those are the only ones is sobering, to say the least. I yeah. think if there's one person that comes to mind 
that kind of defies these rules of people of color. But even then, he doesn't—he doesn't totally sway to the other direction. Isn't that some Herschel in Moonlight? Oh, um, yeah. Well, he's a yes, drug he does. That. I was just yeah, but I think he's a drug dealer with more depth and mm-hmm. uh, affection for uh, for the story. Even past but I find that to be a Trojan his, horse, though. Screen time. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm just trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you could make sucks. a point it, about it Green sucks. Book. Yeah. You could make a point about Green Book, how maybe that's like how he's playing, but it's also that movie is surrounded towards his the his mistreatment. Like again, it's like kind of the Cindy Portier thing, an exceptional. We'll get, we'll get to it. We'll get uh, to it. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to keep talking about Green Book. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess it's just, just it is it interesting. It is yeah. interesting that this movie, in the context of slave narratives, because I mean, Roots is i mean it's before both all of our times but roots was a, ba- a big thing for the culture and you know and but unfortunately then you have movies like amistad that was directed by steven spielberg you have mm-hmm. you know beloved, i mean which i also watched this week as an accidental double feature beloved beloved yeah what did i say beloved oh yeah, yeah. um I mean, yeah i also just watched weird beloved. movie weird movie well that's the thing about it is it's an extremely faithful adaptation of that book mm. um yeah we don't need to we should not get into <laughs> beloved right now um what was i gonna <laughs> say oh i i had um this was another question i have for you guys where do you stand with uh pit in this movie hmm he's based off a real character that's yes. the thing that that's, is true if if he wasn't fuck this i, I don't want to say fuck this movie but if he wasn't i would have been it would have been horrible, honestly. Yeah. And that was my but big Green's thing. Green's not that like, kind of guy, though. He's not. Thankfully, he's not that kind of guy, though. Just. Oh, I think Pitt is one of. And funny enough, I mean, and you know, Plan B produced it. Oh yeah, I mean. Well, that's what Plan B does. Plan B produces like a ton of uh, like people of color, and um, I can pull up like the list of yeah, movies just that outstanding. Oh yeah, Brad Pitt has I become mean, one of the best producers in the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm and I'm crazy. really glad that he does that. I can't wait I for him to win an Oscar. Yeah, I know that's gonna be nice. I'm happy for him. Uh, I found it less distracting this time, and I tried to pay more attention to the performance. And I do like the way Solomon tiptoes around it. Of just, it almost feels like Pitt's character, Samuel Bass, is trying to tell him without telling him, "I'm not like these people." Mm-hmm. And Solomon is like. I can't tell if this is true or not. Right, it's too good and to then, be true. And then it's once he finally figures out a way to ask, "Where are you from?" and he says that he's from Canada, then he's like, "Oh, I can get out of this." <laughs> um, That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I I didn't think about the Canada part, but that actually makes more sense because he mm-hmm. probably felt more comfortable in. I mean, also he's been to Canada, so he probably knows the culture a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I was I was really concerned because I kind of forgot of how kind of white savory Pitt is in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if this is not based off like real, something completely real, it's a bad choice. Um, but mm-hmm. I made sure it was because it really because that's the only way that really works. Mm-hmm. Um, Could Ethan Hawke play this role? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he could. I mean, Pitt's good, but he's not like this. Is not like the greatest performance he's ever given. No, I think it's. I think 
because it's Brad Pitt, it offers some subtextual evidence that I just want to trust this man. Brad mm-hmm. Pitt is so rarely someone that you can despise. Mm-hmm. And um, it's even more convenient that Solomon looks at him as I just like a gateway out of out of this hell. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I also love the um the the characterization that he was a violinist because mm-hmm. of the contrast, like he was he does so much with his hands with the craft and the playing of the violin and then going to the cotton fields. Yeah. And then like how much is a hands I'm sure just so shaken from that from that mm-hmm. act. Well, and he's forced to play the violin while a family is being separated. Yeah. It's, oh man, that scene's just. Yeah, not yeah, good. It's not good. Horrifying. And that's when Cumberbatch yeah. shows up. Yeah. And Cumberbatch uh, is an interesting character, too. Mm-hmm. Based off a real person. is what he is. Yeah. yeah. But it's based off, and funny enough, the book apparently was much more favorable to um, Ford. Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch's mm-hmm. character. That was actually a criticism: was that he was portrayed more uh, villainous and cowardly than in the actual mm-hmm. book. But I think that makes sense because McQueen, even though maybe that's not the direct intention of Solomon, I mm-hmm. think McQueen realizes that there's this is there's no excuses in this. Yeah. Yes, like yes, he's a um, he's not as mean as Epps, but he still owns slaves at the end of the day. And I think that scene with the mother saying like you're still you know you fawn over him but you still you still need don't forget that he actually owns you and that he is part of this problem Mm -hmm. and i think those scenes really matter because it i mean it's very i don't know if i'm saying this right but it's very contextual it puts everything in this like that's the reason why this is like the movie about slavery because it does it really covers a lot of things which you're um jack you're talking about 1917 that's my problem with 1917 is that it doesn't cover that actual depth. It doesn't explore those kind of topics like 12. I mean, different, about, by the different way. topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we might, who knows? No. Yeah, it's true actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause we're going to do the best pick, whatever wins this year. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, I would love to cover parasite. Looks like it's becoming even more possible. Yeah. It's either going to be parasite That'd be or ideal. 1917. So yeah. like, good, good luck. It's either going to go. I was gonna win last year. Yeah, I mean, if Parasite wins, it's totally gonna shake up my rankings. Um, and I'm trying to see. I if Parasite wins, I think it just gives Sam Mendes the director trophy. Yeah, which who no. cares? That's fine. No. Sam Mendes is Whatever. a good director. So. Yeah, I like him. I I think <laughs> it's fine. He's fine. Yeah. He's a good. He's a good director. I'm just gonna say it's for Skyfall. That uh, it wasn't for 1917. It was yeah, really for Skyfall. Um, I mean, that's Revolutionary Road Erasure, but. Skyfall is ten times better. Uh, I also dig in the Cumberbatch character that I just thought I I didn't want to forget this. Um, it offers just a different shade of evil. I think that man is despicable. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, his but you inaction. Just, I think to see him contrasted with Paul Dano, mm-hmm. um, it's just like there there isn't just the Paul Danos of the world. There's also the Cumberbatches who just stand there like a bystander mm-hmm. almost and paul dano who just has his bottled rage and has to just just act like a a dog like a wild animal yeah. 
to anyone that looks different from him, mm-hmm. to anyone that he can just he can just prove is lower than he is. Mm-hmm. So. Does anyone play sh- uh, like smarmy or like just like pathetic than Paul Dano? Yeah, I think he's just great this in this sniveling. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's really great in this. Um, you think this is going to be his Riddler performance? This character? You think he's going to be like? I mean, racist. Oh my god! If the Riddler's just racist. <laughs> oh, that's. Oh boy. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I hope not. What if he just does Eli from There Are We Blood again? That's, I mean, that's good also too. fine. Just like pick a, <laughs> pick a character out of a hat, and it'll be yeah. the Riddler. Like it's fine. It really is. It's the most perfect casting out of yeah. all of them, honestly. I, I, I mean, I, I love him as an actor. I think he's mm-hmm. sensational. I'm not yeah, trying he, to demote his. Yeah, you are. His, his thing. Yeah. You hate him. You have a horrible hatred for Paul Dan, and we all know this. God. Yeah, he's so fucking good. Um, Prisoners. Yeah, are you kidding me? Oh yeah, exactly. Um, Where yeah, are you gonna put you, Kyle? Uh, I'm looking at my own uh, best picture ranked list which i made i think i've like pretty much solidified my top 10 and i have uh 12 years of slave up in the top five just because what's number one it's undeniable it's oh number one is the apartment oh interesting yeah really wilder yeah the thing about the apartment is it is easily one of the best movies ever made and it is one of the few times that the best movie ever made has won best picture and so yeah. that's that's kind of where how I rank my best pictures is is this one of the best movies ever made and did it win the highest prize in film? And if it's yes, then it's up there because Where's the Godfather? I have the Godfather really high up. Um, it's kind of messy. There are probably things I should move around, but my top ten right now, um, I have on the waterfront, um, yeah, all good. about Eve, uh, Return of the King. No Country, Midnight Cowboy, number five is Terms of Endearment, four, <gasps> 12 Years a Slave, uh, three, Silence of the Lambs, mm. two, Moonlight, and one yes. is The Apartment. Perfect. Is that That's, your favorite Wilder? Uh, yeah. I haven't I like seen sunset a little. ton of them, but I don't think anything is going to beat The Apartment. I love Sunset. And mm-hmm. Have you seen Sunset? No, I've not. Oh, God. I, I got to get there. I'm going to finish. I have a couple directors I'm finishing up. Then I'll probably move on to someone like Wilder. I'm going to finish um, Scorsese and Cassavetes, and then I can move on. Do you want to dunk on Jack right now? What? Have you not seen The Apartment? <laughs> he hasn't seen any Wilder. Oh, you freak. No, I've, just... I've seen Sound Like It Hot. I mean, okay. So that's oh, okay, one. fine. Um, yeah, just watch The Apartment. Yeah. I will lend you my copy of The Apartment. Just, like, get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking loser. Yeah. Okay. Um... <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah. I oh, that's great. Probably have to go soon. So okay, let's uh let's. Yeah, how much longer it. do we have you? Um, what time is it? Uh, it's like six thirty. I can, I can probably do like another like ten minutes probably. Okay, I should let's just probably go. get back up to Somerville. <laughs> uh, let's let's go. The uh, way we end all of our podcasts mm-hmm. is um. Or episodes, just to say, is what was your favorite scene of the movie? Okay. And um, I have one. And this is yeah. a hard... And I was watching this, and I'm like, I don't know how to choose a favorite scene. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to, like, like this movie. And that's mm-hmm. a weird... Like, I put, I think, in my letterbox review, I said, this is the 
greatest, most unwatchable movie I've ever made, and I hope I never watch it for the rest of my life. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's um, it's like it's okay. This is gonna sound weird, but Schindler's List is more funny than this movie. Like Schindler's List is much like an easier watch than this movie. I would like to bring something up before favorite scene. Do you guys take into account rewatchability what after you watch something for the first time? No, because um, I normally don't. I, I I normally don't think about that. I I don't. I let movies tell me if I'm gonna watch them again. Mm. Uh. Like, I, there are movies that I think about a lot that I didn't realize I was going to. And one of the most recent examples is an anime film called Miss Hokusai, mm. uh, which is about uh, a woman who is the daughter of the man who painted the waves, you know, the, the wave painting from Japan. Yeah. yeah. It's about her, and it's very episodic and just, like, about her life. And I've just been thinking about it so much, and I didn't realize I would. So I like when that happens. Or... um. Uh, piano teacher and white material. Great, just picks. like yeah, movies yeah. that get stuck in my head. Anything so with Isabel Huppert. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my my main bitch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Twelve Years a Slave. I remember after I first watched it, I was like, cool. Now I don't have to watch it again. And then when you guys asked me to do this, I was like, okay, fine, I will. And then I watched it again. And I was like, okay, all set. Like never. Yeah, I'm never done. watching yeah. this again. Mm-hmm. And this is it's it's a perfect movie. Yeah, I don't and mind I don't that, that I own this. I don't mind that I own it either. Neither do I. I own it yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something to own because it's a show appreciation. Sometimes sure. I own movies that I will never watch again, but mm-hmm. I like to own it just to show my appreciation. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, what was your scene? My scene is the quieter one, but when after the, the drunkard rats on um, Solomon to uh epps and epps brings him out and ha- has his hand around him it's the middle of the night walks him around and like says yeah this guy rat you out what are you gonna do and how solomon just basically on the spot lies to him perfectly has all this reasoning where would i get the paper where would i get the ink i have no mm-hmm. friends and chiatel sells it so far it's the most quiet moment of the movie maybe not mm-hmm. Quiet, but it's such a quiet moment of the movie where two characters are in this deep conflict, but it's and it's Fassbender is so menacing, and mm-hmm. Chiatel is just like so like. It also shows the intelligence of Solomon and how and his willingness to survive, and it's just an amazing scene. And they like stare at each other. They're so close, mm-hmm. and their dynamic is incredible. They, I mean. They're just both amazing fucking actors. It's mm-hmm. I love that scene. I would rewatch that scene just yeah. because I think it's that's so very... quiet and it's just it's a truly amazing, excellent ensemble. I think we should also mention that. Oh, yeah, so I mean yeah, we've got absolutely. we've done like a performance review, but still, it's it's just an amazing. Ensemble. Exactly. Um, yeah. So what would yours be, Jack? <laughs> it's, it's, kind hard. Che- it's kind of it's a cheat, hard. but like the ending. Roll Jordan Roll. Yeah, uh, I think it's what, when they all sing together. Oh yeah, in the grave. I think or, it's yeah. yeah. Um, that might have been his Oscar clip. Oh, oh, that's interesting. I can't that's remember right. that. I, that might be. Um, I think it's kind of a catchy tune, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, but also this is something that just unites these people. Mm-hmm. That it's. It's like they've all been tried to be separated this entire time and uh, dehumanized. Mm-hmm. So um, the act of 
just singing out your emotions and just carrying out this song that seems like it's been carried out through like centuries and centuries. Yeah. It seems like an older kind. Of, it doesn't. It didn't seem like someone wrote it right there. You know. Yeah, a hundred percent. I yeah. That, I think that's it just choice. seems like it's something that brings them all together. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I I think it's in like McQueen's staging for all of his films. It's something that kind of haunts with you, and he does something kind of interesting with music a lot mm-hmm. of the time, like. The one, the famous one take in Shame with uh, Fastbender running through New York City, mm-hmm. or um, the gymnasium scene from Widows. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always interested in ha- incorporating music into scenes that wouldn't oh. normally have music. That Widows scene, I watched it. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh, what, cool. yeah. what a, amazing. a performance that is. Oh. I'm so happy just thinking about it. Yeah. I just have this big old smile on my face. Yeah. Widows, that's gonna be a fun episode. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, oh, it's gonna be <laughs> awesome. That's great. I mean, it's kind of um, like not a fun movie, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it kind of it's kind of fun. Is it fun? <laughs> How would we measure fun? <laughs> They're bad bitches doing shit. I don't know. Elizabeth <laughs> has some fun scenes. I think. Elizabeth realize... Vicky is my favorite performance in that movie. <laughs> Just outstanding. That's yeah, she, she, she's Elizabeth, great. Elizabeth Vicky push me down the stairs yeah honestly she's so very tall um <laughs> but i would say my favorite scene uh i mean i have a few but if like off the top of my head i'm gonna have to say just when he um when he's being sent to go get um patsy i think was what happened when he runs into the group of people in the woods and they're oh, about yeah. to hang a few, oh my God. a few men, and they're like, "Oh, where are you going?" And he's like, "Oh, so I have, tense. I have this. Like, I'm going this way." And he's like, "Oh, all right then." And then he keeps keeps walking, and then they hang those men. Chiatel is so yeah, good. The like the yeah. cruelty of that yeah. is just a complete nightmare. Yeah, and like they kick him in the leg. Day. Yeah. Well, this is also DiCaprio's year, and DiCaprio's <laughs> my pick. Oh, that's I mean, I bad. love this performance. That's a good year, but I mean, like year. fair. 2013 is right up there with 2017, where I just I think this decade is amazing. I think yeah. Dallas Buyers Club took too many awards for it to be the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, it sure did. Um, what a mess that thing is. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. I usually like John Mark Vallee, but it's mm-hmm. um, yeah. Also, I mean, I the ending is. I put sobbing. I mean, the ending is so cathartic and so emotional of him yeah, just meeting his like, family. I'm it's, so sorry. Like for everything that my Nathan, it's like there's nothing to forgive. Like, oh my god, it's the and perfect like, amount of sentimentality fun. where it's like the rest of the movie was like the opposite of sentimentality because it, yeah, it earns it, it earns it. Yeah. And I mean, I, one more thing, I feel like a lot of the nature shots were very Malick, mm-hmm. uh, and like, like thin, um, the thin red line and stuff like that, where he like how it shows these plantations. Um, and you're talking about the scene of uh, at the in front of the grave i love that wide shot of all of them gathered together they're just like the small gathering of them mm-hmm. and they're surrounded by the entire planta- plantation you see the shitty graves that they uh, that are um like the very makeshift graves that are allowed on the plot it's just like mm-hmm. very small and it shows the disrespect but it also shows like how how together they are because they're just so scrunched up together in this big world yeah mm-hmm. mcqueen uh-huh. and sean bobbitt are like one of the great 
cinematographer director collaborations of our time that's that's great yeah um i want to mention two more things and then we can go um because i i know you have you have to somewhere to be kyle um Mm -hmm. the score not nominated which is insane by hans zimmer is amazing Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, I was it's blown it's away by the score this time. It like yeah, it makes it's so it's incredible. Like the score when he's on the riverboat when he's about to get sold, and like and how it shows like when they're showing the propellers or whatever, and the score just booming and being this tense, horrible, gut wrenching um, thing with like yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Hans had I mean Hans is very like base and very menacing and like you know he used a freaking razor to get uh, a razor on a um cord and i think a bait on a um, cello cord for the joker like he the dude's metal oh, jesus um <laughs> i think we can yeah we've all seen christopher nolan movies we we know how hans zimmer works <laughs> he's so good i mean but that's the thing he's not doesn't even just do nolan i mean this is the opposite of a nolan movie yeah, i mean right. he scored nancy myers movies yeah exactly yeah. the man's the man's a g and he yeah. should always be a g what piece uh, of music always comes to mind for me is when solomon was finally cut down from that tree uh-huh. and it's like this buzzing noise uh-huh. that plays throughout that scene uh-huh. and i think it's like this confrontation between ford and paul dana i mean yeah ford is cumberbatch and and they had just have some exchange and just like boom like it's uh-huh. oh man it's very eerie it's kind of like how insects and bugs will kind of make that noise during the summertime but like yeah. heightened oh totally it. so i wanted to end uh we can start plugging after this but i wanted to end on uh before we even uh, decided to do the Pest Picture miniseries and see this movie, uh, there's this great article uh, from Robert Daniels, um, a film writer who is great. I admire a lot. Um, he did, uh, you know, he did a list which might, which doesn't always produce the greatest writing of like the top 20 films of the decade directed by black filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And I, and he has this excerpt for 12 Years a Slave that I think is uh, quite powerful. In 2013, the awards triumph of 12 Years a Slave felt like a victory in empathy. Never mind that it somehow took 150 years in an elevated cinematic lens for a mainstream audience to engender us with compassion. But while Northup does survive on my rewatch, I wondered if we see him, if we ever see him live. In fact, the snapshots of his prior and afterlife beyond slavery's brutality arrive with awful brevity. Uh-huh. When, is Sol- when is Solomon allowed to just exist in the film or otherwise? This way is even heavier considering Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Nyong'o's role as Patsy, receives the brunt of the narrative's hyper-realistic violence, uh, viciousness and violence, a burdensome emotional load to carry. Much of my resistance probably doesn't stem from the film itself, but, my, but from my changing expectation of the varieties of black stories that could be told. Furthermore, it's telling that we've not received many films detailing slavery since. That speaks to the picture's honesty, realism with a point of no return. And as the earliest Best Picture winner directed by a black filmmaker, like many firsts, 12 Years a Slave unfairly lies in the in opposition to the expansive breath it begot, when it really exists as the first beautiful inhale of what was to come. Wow. Sheesh. I think it's just brilliant writing. And yeah, yeah, you should definitely yeah. link to that in the episode because I want to read that. Yeah. It's, yeah, he has, it's a great great list yeah um 
And I wanted, you know, we're three white dudes talking about this movie, so I wanted to bring in some of the black perspective. Yeah. No, no um, I think that's always very plan. important. Um, but yeah, this this movie, I I hope I hope everyone watches it and then never sees it again, and I hope everyone pays attention to. Mm-hmm. What or just watch movie. Widows instead. Yes, <laughs> or I think that's either a or, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um I think it's one of the best picture winners, and it is a great example of what the Academy can do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and can award. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's about it. Yeah. Um, right. Kyle, where can everyone? Oh, well, first, thank you so much for coming on the yeah, podcast. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much for having me. Yeah. And yeah. Again. Come back anytime. Uh, yeah. Even if we're in the middle so. of a call, just call us in the middle of an episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so where can uh, everyone find you on the internet? So uh, on Twitter, I am at uh, Kyle underscore Amato because the guy who has Kyle Amato is a hockey player who blocked me. Um, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, my letterbox is KyleAmato92, and I recently started a tiny letter, which is just tiny letter Kyle Amato, uh, where I'm just trying to get myself to write more about my movies uh, than just being like, this shit rips. Oh, yeah, I think I saw this this week. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, this week's was bad. Like, this is not a good uh, episode of my tiny letter, but, you know, I gotta try to do better tomorrow. It's just always, always the motto. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I don't really use my Instagram or uh, other things. I just have them. Perfect. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me yeah. uh, for this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Next time we'll let you choose one. Uh, yes. Please. Yeah. That, that would actually be a, I already know which one I'm going to pick, and it's also horrifying. But. Ooh. Oh. All right. Tease, so I like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like that too. <laughs> yeah, it's a complete fucking nightmare, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. can't wait. Um, yeah, Jack. Where can everyone find you on the internet? I am Jack A. Twi- Jack Jack A. Twitter. Jack A. Twitter. Uh, Jack A. Draper on Twitter, and and um, my writing can be found on the Simple Cinephile. Cool. Yeah. Um, I can be found at Clayfilm100 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, our Twitter account for the podcast is at ETT Pod. You can leave a voicemail at Anchor. Um, yeah, please share. Um, next week is uh, Birdman oh, with Shay. Birdman with Shay Vassar. That's going to be a fun episode. Oh, yeah. oh Birdman. Oh. <laughs> you always wrestle inside me. I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I'm interested to rewatch it because it's been kind of, it's been. Yeah. It hasn't aged well in the i in like yeah. in the eyes of film Twitter. So I'm oh, curious absolutely. if I agree. I haven't seen it since like 2015, but I remember finding the scenes between Edward Norton and Emma Stone like very sexy in a fun way, which is <laughs> it's, certainly it's pretty erotic. Yeah, that is something that I felt about that movie, and I'm not interested in revisiting it. So, I remember being a freshman in high school and watching it and being like, "Ooh, I love the drums!" You know? Yeah. God. <laughs> um, all right, I gotta right. go. Yeah. So, all right. Thank yeah, you so much again. for listening. Thank you for thank, listening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, see you next time.